Assalamu alaikum. Welcome to the Muslim Moms Podcast with Nabiha and Warda. We are two sisters with 10 kids between us, sharing our experiences about motherhood, relationships, and striving to build happy Muslim families. Let's get cracking. Today's question is, what are your best breastfeeding tips for mom? Very good. This this question is very specific. So I have so much to share with everyone today, especially because I'm in this stage of breastfeeding and having a newborn and all that it entails. But I would suggest the number one thing is as soon as you give birth to put your baby on you and try to get them to latch on your breast as soon as you give birth. Mm-hmm. And even though it might be chaotic at that time of just giving birth, this is highly recommended by many specialists in the field who say that trying to have that initial contact, putting them on skin to skin and putting the baby on your breast um, and getting them, try to get them to latch really goes a long way in trying to make the process easier. Yes, definitely. I agree with you completely because that window is a window. If you neglect those first two, three days, it can be very challenging, not impossible, but very challenging to get back um, that initial opportunity to get your baby to latch. Um, And so breastfeeding is a topic that I'm extremely passionate about. It's something that I personally have endured and, and, and discovered over the past six years of being a mom. And alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah, I was able to breastfeed all my children, but it was not an easy endeavor. So just to like frame us out here, I want to share this picture I came across from a lactation consultant on Instagram. And she says, and I screenshot it because I'm in the process of beginning to wean my last child. And so this was my, when I saw this, I was like, I have to keep this to just give myself kudos and any mom out there. It says one year of breastfeeding equals 5,000 plus feedings, 1,800 plus hours and 300 plus gallons of milk. Breastfeeding is a full-time job. So, I mean, I get emotional thinking about that because you times that by the amount of children. I mean, it's a huge sacrifice, a huge commitment. And it truly is a noble calling if you are inclined to breastfeed and, and want that. Like it is something that if it, it really does take uh, aggressive work <laughs> to really do it. And the number one, like you mentioned, is getting that latch, getting lactation consultant on hand from the start. Um, I did not have a latch a good latch with my first son. My very first breastfeeding experience was very hard. I had, you saw me, you were with me actually in the bathroom and I'm crying because of course this is something I wanted so badly. And I'm just like, it's so painful. And you're like, it's not supposed to be like this. You know, you, you have to just calm down and relax and and you're going to get it. Just, just be patient with it. Um, and that's when I took to Google. I found me a lactation consultant, this this woman I saw at the Babies R Us class. <laughs> and I texted her and she came to my house and immediately, I, you know, helped me and I worked and I worked and alhamdulillah, we were able to get that latch. So it's not an easy path. No, it's definitely not. And for me as well, for my first, it was very difficult because my son was he needed to be put on. I really wanted to do just primarily breastfeeding initially. 
And they told me that he needed to gain a certain amount of weight. So every hour on the dot, we had to supplement. And sometimes it's out of your control. Maybe your baby's in the NICU or something had occurred and, and you cannot physically do it where you're in pain or you're in a state where you can't do the breastfeeding. Sometimes you have to supplement and you have to be okay with that. That's it's it's not the end of the world. The main priority is feeding your child. So with my firstborn Yusuf, I had to give him milk from this bottle. And as I was giving him, I was crying because it was just not in my plan of what I thought would occur. But every hour on the dot, giving him this milk and trying to get him to take it because my milk hadn't come in yet. And this was just as he was born. And it was so painful to get him. I know for other kids, one of my, my third, actually, he didn't latch at all. Like his mouth physically could not open in order to latch on to the breast. And it was so painful when he did try to get the milk. He wasn't getting enough. And again, seeking out those people's like a lactation consultant. I, I sought out someone. She came to my house and it's a little awkward because, you know, you're exposed and they're there <laughs> helping you guide the, the breast into the child's mouth and trying to get it to go. But she determined that he had um, there's a little like wiggly thing above in your mouth called a frenulum. And at two weeks old, we had to find a specialist and get this child's frenulum cut and with a laser. They use a water laser with little baby goggles on he had Aww. and he had to get it cut in order for his mouth to be able to open up enough for him to be able to feed. And we went to that extent because most people would have been like, ah, you know, just give him the bottle, move on. But I was so determined that this is going to happen with the help of Allah. Inshallah, I wanted it to be such that he was able to get the milk because I knew the benefits of it and how important it was. So yeah, that was a really difficult experience to go through, but it was something that came out successful because I was so persistent with it. And because we were able to find a solution to the problem. Yeah. And, and, and it is a, a, a sort of a troubleshooting. It can become that situation where you kind of have to figure out, well, what's, what's going wrong here, you know? And I think if you're a first time mom, you might not be aware of the fact that your milk is not there right away. You know, there's the colostrum period of, and, and honestly, your baby sucking, um, you know, on you is, is also what I've learned is a survival mechanism because they are knowing you're their source of milk and they want you to survive. And so actually there's so much benefits in helping you heal when your baby is nursing in those early phases. It's not so much to give them nutrition. It's more about like, you're allowed to kind of, um, there's a lot of cramping involved in that process. And there's a lot of healing that takes place to help you release some of the things in your body. It's just a, such a miraculous process when you start reading into some of these things, but it is true. Those first few days before your milk comes in can be rough <laughs> because you just want, you know, it's almost like a relief when that milk comes in and now it feels a little more normal and regulated. And so um, there's a learning curve. There's so much to learn about it. Um, and, and being patient with that process. And I think it's important to be informed on the truth. Like a lot of people don't know some of these things, but I also want to say, be realistic. You know, you um, had mentioned that there's different experiences, different paths. There's some people who are forced to um, abandon the breast for a period of time due to whatever, you know, doctor recommendation is existing, but be realistic. It is draining. It is hard work. What I have found that helps a lot is 
something that comes very easily to me. I don't think it comes easily for everyone is you got to eat mama. <laughs> Thankfully, I got a great appetite. Alhamdulillah. So eating was not my thing. But I remember you telling me a friend of ours was like, girl, you got to eat like lamb and food, not not no like crackers and tea. You got to eat real food. And that stuck with me because I always made sure when I was nursing that I'm hydrating, 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 and I'm eating consistently. Yeah, your milk is not going to be thick and nice and healthy if you're trying to focus on. And I think as moms, as women in general, you're focused on your body at that time. Some, you know, like because you want to get back into shape and you want to fall back into where you were. You think, okay, I have the baby. I'm going to leave the hospital looking great. Nah, you're going to leave the (laughs) hospital looking like you're still pregnant. And I've actually had someone ask me, when's the baby due? And I'm like, just had the baby. (laughs) So you have to maintain your expectations of that, that you're not going to fall back into that shape that you were previous. It's going to take a few months, maybe even a, a couple years, depending on where you're at on that. So don't, Focus on that. That's not your priority, especially when you're breastfeeding. And and yeah, and working with a professional because uh, the kind of pain we're referring to could or could not be linked to a bad latch. So you definitely want to make sure that you're constantly, you know, having a professional take a look at you, make sure you're doing because there's a lot of pain going on in general in the body, but it is a natural pain. And so you want to kind of keep that in mind. And you mentioned some really great nursing, what I call nursing gadgets, you know, to help prepare you for your arsenal, especially if you are really invested in making this like something you want to delve into, you really want to nurse your baby as long as possible, um, I would say you have to be prepared. So some of the things that I have found really helpful um, in my journey of breastfeeding, you did mention the nipple shield. That is a great thing to have on hand if you need it and you're finding yourself in a position, just have it on hand. Um, There's also like the nipple creams and lotions, but also there's something called a haka, um, which is like a nursing, it's sort of like a device that you put onto your other breast when you're nursing, Uh, especially in those early days, you get a lot of that overflow on the other side when you're nursing your baby on one side. So I was, you know, I'm just like, all right, cool. You know, how much is it going to be on the other side? Like I I never really bought into it. My sister-in-law shared with me, she has freezer full of breast milk that is just based on the haka collecting it from the overflow. On the so what other. exactly is the haka? Can you explain it, it? It's a pump. It's it's like you place it onto your breast that is not engaged in nursing. And so whenever you're nursing, you know how sometimes you get those drips and yes. that, that fallout. That fallout is collected in there just as it would be in a nursing pad. But of course, in a nursing pad, you're placing it on there so that you don't, you know, get your garment wet. In this case, it's actually collecting that milk to be used in a future feeding. And you're doing this so often, you just have it, you stick it on there and then you switch breasts, you stick it on the other side. And that little drip, 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 drips add up to bags and bags of milk that is available for you to use for future feedings. So you can look it up. It's it's just a very simple uh, sort of plastic device that you use and it is extremely useful. We can throw it in the show notes as well. Other things include... Um, nursing pads, as I just mentioned, which is, uh, you could use, I, I'm 
I prefer the reusable ones, like the cloth ones. Not only are they softer, they're also more environmentally friendly, but they have disposable ones. That's to protect you from, you know, the fallout, the drips. A nursing cover is a really good thing to have, especially, you know, you're going to go hospital, um, doctor visits. Um, you might have to get comfortable with that nursing in public, which we could talk about a little bit. Um, and then nursing bras and clothing. Whew. Should we talk about that? Because that was a shock to me when, when I had my baby that, oh my gosh, like nothing can fit. Like, I don't know what to wear for a nursing mom. And it's much different than the clothes you would wear during pregnancy. Because yeah. the ones in pregnancy are made specifically for an expanding belly. But the ones that are for breastfeeding are made for easy access to your breasts. And also they make it much more accessible to your child. So it's something that you have to put a little bit of investment into because those things are not cheap. But once you have a few of them, it makes it so much easier. Any kind of button down shirt is always helpful. And I love because we wear headscarves, these headscarves use as a shield over you. But I also like my additional kind of cape, I call it, to have so that you're not exposed and you're not just, you know, putting it all out there, but you can still breastfeed in public. And I know initially that's like a stigma amongst a lot of Muslim communities I've found where people look at you funny because you're just feeding your child. As long as you're covered, you don't have to worry about anybody else. Like you are doing what you are intended to do and your child is hungry, feed your child. I know some people are a little bit like shaky about this, like how they feel about it. But like you said, like there's no embarrassment in trying to feed your child. And honestly, it's nobody's business to be, you know, if you're if you're covered, what you have to do has to do with you and your baby. So I do think it might take a little bit of confidence, a little bit of um, sort of breaking uh, barriers, but breastfeeding in public, if you're covered is perfectly fine, perfectly acceptable. And we've seen, you know, do you remember one time we were playing in a soccer tournament and we saw a Niqabi referee mom, she's like, hold on, I'm breastfeeding. And she, she had her huge uh, hijab covering her child. I'm like, Oh, I guess there's a kid under there. Like that's basically how it is. So many times people don't even know you're breastfeeding (laughs) until somebody calls attention to it. Um, and so, and so you see you until you see that little, the two little feet sticking out (laughs) under the corner, (laughs) then, you know, and and if you are a full-time breastfeeding mom, if you have to go in a room every single time you have to breastfeed, you would literally, you might as well stay home because, you know, sometimes you breastfeed your child for the purpose of calming them, soothing them, comforting them, feeding them. So like every you know, hour and a half, two hours, or every few hours, like it just becomes cumbersome to have to like escape. And if you're out and about with your other children too, you have to keep an eye on them. So you can't be shoved into a corner of breastfeeding there. But if you're someone who's doing this at work and you need to pump because we didn't get into pumping, but if you're someone who needs to make sure that you do advocate for yourself in that area and have a, a place that you can pump privately or be able to feed your baby if need be, um, if you're going back to work. Yeah. I mean, I, I, we're not saying to just like, you know, be out there, but there's a respectable, honorable, you know, modest way to take care of your business. And and if you need to do it and don't let a stigma stop you from nursing, because I think that's why a lot of moms end up just neglecting and leaving breastfeeding because they just are tired of 
all of these things that don't need to necessarily be such a problem. Um, so like the clothing really does help. I have found that these zip, zip down um, jackets help a lot. You know, a lot of these hijab friendly websites now offer these really long hoodies. They're really useful because the zip is, is, is such an easy thing to get in and out of. Um, I remember my first aqiqah with my son, I wore this really beautiful dress and it did not occur to me that I have absolutely no access to my chest. So I was legit in the storage room, kneeling up against some mayonnaise or something while I was pulling my dress up all the way from the bottom to nurse my child. Because when you're in that moment, that's all you think about. And so I kind of learned the hard way later on. I, I found more nursing friendly garments and you know, they're not always the most cute, but that's not your priority. You just have to, um, you know, functionality and practicality trump all. Yeah. And those initial days, I found that for having a breastfeeding pillow where it just like balances your baby on there and makes it a little bit not as cumbersome to hold the baby is really essential. Um, later on, as you get better and the kid gets older, you know, it's not as necessary. But in those beginning days, that breastfeeding pillow, whatever brand you choose, really helps you to get a good latch and just make a comfortable position. I'll shout out you. my breast friend. That was my absolute favorite one. You know, sometimes we get in our head about scheduling and that in the beginning, uh, you know, at the very early stages, nursing on demand is a, a method that I think a lot of people find success in because you don't know what your baby is going through. Like you mentioned, they might be having something going on and then they are requiring more milk and you're just like, oh, what is this? I thought it was every two hours, not every 15 minutes. Like things don't last forever with children. They're constantly changing, right? And And adapting to things. But just know like things that bring comfort to you is knowing that like your body can provide and actually each milk that your child is receiving is giving them that nutrition for that moment of what they need, which is a really comforting thought. And it's also at the perfect temperature that they need it. And there's just like so many as you start exploring um, sort of like the the breakdown of the milk and and how certain milk is more fatty and and, you know, all the different processes involved. It's just interesting. and and it it allows for you to have that appreciation for it. And uh, that will help you to kind of get through some of those harder moments, which is the cluster feeding days, which are very, very challenging. I mean, and, and one tip I have for that is to just have entertainment readily available. You know, I think, you know, I, I tend to have like some good shows, some good series that I want to catch up on during those early phases. I have my books, I have my phone, my water, like there's a million things you gather to have around you so that you don't have to worry about getting up or being impatient during that time. I have a drawer full of snacks, really good, healthy snacks, because you get so much more hungry. I find I get more hungry when I'm breastfeeding than when I'm oh, even definitely. pregnant. But yeah, the and snacks I is essential, essential. One of my friends, she was, she could never get her son to latch properly but she knew she wanted to have that milk available. So she just pumped. She pumped and she fed her milk through the bottle. Yep. And that was perfectly fine. That works for her. I know a lot of people and, that have done that as well. Yeah. That's her way of getting the baby milk. And it was such, I mean, it wasn't the traditional method, but it worked for her and it was great. And you know, whether you're pumping or actually feeding your baby um, from your chest, there is opportunities to use that as a relaxing time. Because I know sometimes you do get caught up and especially if you have other children, it's a lot 
it's a lot going on at all times. So to have that moment of sitting and just having your baby nursing on you, and you can use that opportunity to help read a book for your other children. Like I have them come to me wherever I am and use that, that I can help them with what they need. The best feeling, and I I recall this with all of my children, is when you look down and your child is old enough and they smile at you while they're nursing. It's (laughs) like your heart just melts when you see that. It's like, because you know, they're, they're, they're satisfied and they're, you know, bonding with you in that moment. So there's so many benefits to it. And, and if you're someone who's nervous about it, just try. That's the best you can do. And sometimes it works out. Sometimes it doesn't, but at least you have to try as, as, as I would recommend, just try. Yeah. Give it I think your there's best been shot. a lot of taboo and rhetoric out there talking about how breastfeeding is so challenging and so hard. And I don't want that to be the message here because for me personally, the same reason why I went into a home birth that's the same reason why I went into a long-term breastfeeding journey is because I think it's easier. Personally, (laughs) I have found breastfeeding to be so much easier for me. We don't do with, we don't really deal with bottles in my particular household. And so not having to deal with bottles and also just like the fact that I don't have to think about pumping. I don't have to prep. Like when I need to nurse my baby, I just have my body whip it out. I'm good to go. Like, I just find that so easy. And then also the baby is so content and happy and the bond that I'm building with my child and just like trying to reassure that, you know, I have this opportunity to help them build their immune system and all of these things. Yes, it's hard, but there's always a drawback. Okay. There's no, like motherhood is going to be filled with give and take constantly. So whatever your situation is, your work situation, your home situation, your body, like those things will play a part. If you had a C-section, you know, you might have a different experience in that postpartum period of breastfeeding. So that's perfectly fine. Like be at peace. Let's not like make this uh, one is better than the other, but also don't take the message that breastfeeding is always the harder route. It certainly is not. It's actually in many cases can be way, way easier, especially when you become kind of a pro later on down the line. What what stage would you say someone kind of becomes more of a pro and it becomes more seamless? I'd say probably around the like three month mark. Yeah. Because you've kind of gotten a rhythm. The baby's a little bit older. Uh, you're out of that baby fog, I like to call it, where it's just you can't see past anything. <laughs> but you and the baby have a rhythm. And as it goes forward, you're in more of a... a happy medium between you and that child. So you yeah. know each other's schedules and your breast, your body has kind of regulated a little bit. And and again, it might vary person to person, but I find that that time frame, three to four months, kind of you get into some sort of a routine with you and your baby. Yeah, I agree. I think that that's probably a, a place that safe zone area. So let's talk a little bit about troubleshooting. You know, um, there's some there's some issues, you know, both you and I have experienced in the past and maybe people we know of things that kind of go awry in your breastfeeding journey. We talked about the latch and, and how you can kind of troubleshoot that a little bit. So some other things might occur to your nipples, like nipple fissure or mastitis, breast engorgement. And these things, especially if you just gave birth, cover your nipples during that initial shower because they it will be painful if you've tried to breastfeed. You know, try not to have it the shower be directly on it. It will be a little bit painful. And these things like the dry, sore, irritated nipples, it takes a little bit of time to heal. 
And that's why, like we mentioned, the breast shield and and those things, maybe putting on a warm compress on there. Be aware of like the research that's out there, because whatever you're going through, someone has been through it before and they've probably written something about it or posted about it. So search yeah. and, and figure out what's going on. And if you have a specific situation, consult someone. Like you yeah. keep saying, like, just try to be able and talk to other moms, see what they've done too. maybe they've found a, a beautiful new cream. I remember my, one of my friends, she had somebody make up some kind of like cream and it was in a jar and she'd hand it out to us. And it was like beautiful. It worked brilliantly. So you might find in talking to these different outlets, try different, different ways of looking into it because it could, one of those can lead to a solution that can help. Yeah. And and you'll find creative ways to solve your problems too. I know like you don't always have to do exactly what the standard is. Like I personally, I'm not a fan of nursing bras, um, which, you know, as a nursing mom, you would expect that to be a thing. I actually found them to be more cumbersome than anything else. So I kind of went with my own route and I use sports bras and various other ways that just worked for me a lot better. What about um, someone who has like to take special medication? Um, and that might affect their um, the quality of their milk or, you know, things like this. Uh, a lot of times you look on bottles and it says to consult your doctor before taking this medication. Yeah. So that's something you definitely want to be aware of, um, especially if you're a first time breastfeeding mom that. And then certain things in your diet, too, can affect. I like I remember broccoli was something that gave my child a lot of gas. So I had to cut that out of my diet. You can adjust certain things in your diet that can help alleviate whatever the situation is. Yeah. But again, don't go crazy about it because I have found that it can become frustrating if you are cutting things out and then you realize like, no, that's not the issue. That's not the issue. And then you feel deprived. Yeah, so. you might not know. It might be completely <laughs> so just, just like take it easy and yeah. do your best. One job. of my favorite um, creams to use on your nipples for like any kind of inflammation is actually coconut oil and just take a little bit of that and just leave it on there to dry. It's so healthy. And then it's just, it, it helps you to dry much faster. It's a natural method of using, and it's not as sticky as some of those gels and creams. How long do you usually tend to nurse for, for your babies? So far, um, our number usually lies in that year and a half to two year mark is where so you um, go a full wow that's good yeah so it kind of just happens that way because previously i usually get pregnant around that mark so i kind of have that natural like stop breastfeeding because it becomes hard being pregnant and breastfeeding for my first two and my third you know, she's actually like, I'm like, I'm kind of ready to be done, but then I'm not, um, but she's approaching her year and a half mark soon. So we're kind of thinking about ending her there. So yeah, it just depends. Yeah. My boys, it was different, different ages. Um, some of them were like four months. Some of them were six months. My daughter was a year and a half. So it just was the situation. Some of them were mm -hmm. just, I remember one of my sons, he was just so hungry all the time. I couldn't keep up with him. And I was like, look, boy, <laughs> yeah, mashallah, he just was so hungry. And it was just too much for me at the time. And then also considering I had other children, it was just it became a lot. So I was glad that at least I did it for a certain time. And then also there's times where you have to supplement. So I may have had um, a bottle feeding included in there and given them an extra uh, bottle at night or, you know, different things. So Look at your situation and don't feel or don't make anyone else make you feel guilty for whatever choice you have. 
whatever choice you decide to do, because breastfeeding, as much as we we put that as a pressure on women, sometimes that they have to do it. They have nothing is written in stone. Every kid is different. Every situation is different. And if if it doesn't come to pass that you end up doing this, fine. You know, so at the yeah. end of the day, you're providing a good uh, benefit to your child and you're yeah. feeding your child. That child is healthy and, and being fed in whatever way that is, go ahead. You know, exactly. like That's you the never key. know. I think yeah. people put these guilt complexes on themselves. And honestly, I mean, I've learned in um, Islamic courses in the past that that whole idea of, of uh, providing for your child in the first two years is really just providing for your child whatever form of nutrition you provide for them, it, it could be milk, it could be breast milk, or it could be um, formula, or it could be other types of food and nourishment. Like your responsibility is to feed your nourish your child in the first two years in whatever way that makes sense for you. Um, that is the requirement. Um, and so I think that we just need to kind of keep it in a, in a positive space when it comes to that. Um, a few other things though, I wanted to just point out uh, when it comes to the breast milk, I know some for oversupply, some people have donated their milk to breast uh, milk banks where you can yeah. provide for other children who um, need access to breast milk. And that is something that is um, acceptable from what I understand. Also, if you want to engage in a practice of sharing your milk with a relative, let's say, because you want to make that child a mahram for you. That is something you can also look into because the breast milk is such that if the mom provides full feedings for another baby to a certain degree, some say five, some say more, some say less, then that child now can become your mahram or your um, uh, like your relative. And, and there's a lot of Islamic rulings that are linked to that, like, you know, ineligible for marriage for your children and so on and so forth. So it is kind of a interesting <laughs> scenario that exists. And I know some, I actually have friends of mine that have utilized that as a way to, um, you know, allow cousins to be together in a safe setting because they want to live like brothers and sisters. Um, and so that's just a very interesting thought, um, but also just being aware um, so that we are making sure that we realize our breast milk is precious. But do your research, you know, because these rulings, uh, there's so many opinions out there. So it is something like we said, to be aware and informed and do what makes the most sense for your family. Clearly, we have a lot to say on this topic, but we're going to go ahead and wrap up here. So what's next, Nabiha? Well, I would suggest that everyone visit some useful websites such as kellymom.com or the La Lecha League, as they have many support groups online that can help you with these troubleshooting items as they occur uh, that we mentioned. It can give you support, but also some really good guidance and then also reaching out to a lactation specialist, which can from the get-go, guide you into the direction to help you on your breastfeeding journey. Awesome. Yes, I've definitely utilized those resources just candidly when I look up stuff. They're very popular and they're extremely useful. So um, my what's next is um, along the lines of something that we often recommend on this podcast, and that is to share your story. So I would suggest to write if you're into writing or if you're not, maybe speak it into some kind of voice note your story of breastfeeding and, and feeding your child in those early days, you know, celebrate your story and others as well. Because a lot of times uh, time passes and we kind of forget 
what those feelings and emotions were. And, and really it's kind of cool to revisit, you know, almost like a personal diary and journal on, on what you went through and how challenging it was or how, uh, miraculous it was for you. Um, and you don't want to lose those feelings. Like they're just so special and important. And sometimes as you have another baby, you kind of forget, uh, what occurred in the previous and kind of get mixed up. So it's really important to just capture those special moments. Um, I know I have done this for some of my children and I just so look forward to looking back on it in the future. All right. Well, thanks for listening. And as always, be good to yourself. To support this podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. For feedback, topic ideas, or just to continue the conversation, email us at muslimmomspodcast at gmail.com. Assalamu alaikum.